0: Welcome to the Article Reading Club podcast, where we explore thought provoking articles and dive deep into their fascinating insights. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Article Reading Club podcast. I am very excited to have you here again. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about no poverty, which is actually the first sustainable development goal. And in this occasion we read this article still a big step toward no poverty and the author of this article is Tuan Sarsinski. it was written on July the 6th in 2018 and for this episode I'm very excited as well because I have a very nice guest with me he is from the UK but he's currently living in Germany and today we have uh, Thomas Bradford Tommy how are you doing?
1: Buenos días. Buenos días, gracias. Um yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> that was me trying to rattle off my Spanish, but because I'm I'm a little nervous to, you know, to even be put on this side of the microphone, usually me, usually it's me on the other side of the microphone. I always I always end up bottling up my my foreign language skills. But yes, um, you know, my name is Tommy. I'm the host of the English podcast with Tommy. Normally it's me the me who starts the podcast software today. It feels, it, you know, it feels completely different. You know, it feels strange to be on this side of the podcast. But yeah, thank you for, um, thank you for having me. And, you know, this topic of SDG1, what No Poverty for me is, you know, and it's going to be quite ironic for a lot of people listening because, you know, I'm a white I'm a white British man, and I have pretty much everything that I would like, you know, so for me to talk about no poverty is incredibly ironic, you know, and I don't want, you know, during this episode, I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. The idea that, you know, I just want to talk a little bit about the project, you know, about this, about the SDGs, about SDG number one, no poverty, as you quite said, quite right, sir. Yeah. That's it, really. You know, I'm an English teacher, being an English teacher for over five, for about seven years now. And yeah, well, I don't know what else I can say about myself. Well, I'd rather uh, not not talk about myself because it's not my podcast.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. This is the first uh, thing that I want to say. I've never been in a podcast before, so I don't know how it feels to be in the other side. So I hope I'm going to discover in a moment as well. And yes, I think this topic is um, quite challenging to speak about since you are for, for example, if, if you are on the other side of the fence, let's say like that, right? Yeah. Um, for me, it uh, sounds a little bit ironic as well because I've been very privileged. Uh, I've had, I have had everything in my life, literally, uh, private high school, uni- uh, public university, you know, like all the opportunities to study. I've never mm-hmm. had any problem to eat or or to uh, wear some clothing, etc. But here the point for me and the most important thing is, as you said, like to discuss about the sustainable development goals, right? And to <clears throat> to see if it is possible. I I also would like to discuss about that. Like, is it possible, as the article says, as the article mentioned, to end extreme poverty by the end of two thousand thirty? Oh my God, I see it like quite challenging. We are going to discuss it in a moment. Uh, The first thing that I would like to ask you is if you can uh, briefly explain what the sustainable development goals are, in your own words, and their significance in addressing these global challenges, for example, like poverty or hunger.
1: Well, I mean, SDGs for me mean basically how we can, how as a planet or how as a people, we can create a sustainable world where everyone reaps the reaps the rewards of 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 you know of the mind of the those who are rich, you know, and um there are many millions of people out there who who are suffering, who suffer every day from hunger, from from thirst, from, you know, from being hot, po- for being in poverty. And SDG number one. Is as you quite say, no poverty, and it, it is interesting. The beginning of the article said, if I major, if I if, you know, just, just stop me here if I'm you know, if I'm out of turn on this, but no,
0: no, go ahead, go ahead.
1: The interesting thing is that between 1990 and 2015, there was a you know, there's over a 30% decrease in, in extreme poverty, you know, and that shows that it is possible to help people out of extreme poverty but at the same time there is still 14, you know, at time of of writing there was still 14% of people living in extreme poverty. Whether that has now decreased since 2015, you know, um, the article didn't really touch upon this if I remember correctly but, you know, what the article does say is that a key factor of um getting people out of extreme poverty are things like education gender equality and maternal health you know these obviously are topics that you've probably touched upon with other with other participants but without the you without talking about these other key components which are also part of the sdgs we don't get to how we can eradicate extreme poverty you know there are going to be there are lot, there are you know there are lots of people living in the world who live under the you know live under the poverty line but they are not what we consider extreme poverty extremely poor people extremely poor people are who go to who go to you know who go to bed feeling hungry feeling thirsty and according to the article and this is the subtitle of the article at the time of writing, seven hundred and eighty million people in the world go to sleep feeling hungry. You know, and that that is a massive amount of people. Considering that we recently had, I think, birth number one billion, or, or whatever it was in the world, that is a massive amount of people, and we still need uh, we need to do a lot to talk to eradicate extreme poverty.
0: Yes, it's it's very hard uh, to go and say eradicate extreme poverty. As you said, it's a big, I mean, a massive amount of people. And my next question is, how do you think, for example, you were mentioning this reducing uh, or reduction, sorry, in, in the extreme poverty by or since 1990s, by the way, I was born in that year. So I cannot imagine when all the things that have happened in 33 years, years right? But in your mm. perspective, or from your perspective, how do you think that the international community has contributed to this reduction, to this progress, or well, I mean, not if, at all?
1: I mean, if you look at the if you look at the COVID pandemic, um, you saw how the international community really didn't come together at all when it came to, for example, the you know um, COVID jabs, COVID you know and and protective PPE PPE gear and all of this sort of things, you saw that it was all being stockpiled in the West, you know, in the United States and Canada and the UK, parts of the European Union as well. And when it came, for example, to the patent, you know, I remember there was a discussion about a patent and, you know, certain countries in Africa were talking about that they they would like to buy that patent to create their own jabs, there was a lot of discussion about it, at least here in the, in in Europe. Do we allow them to create their own pan, their own their own COVID jabs, or do we say no? And you know, the discussion went on for way too long. If you are trying to eradicate um, poverty in general, and we're not just talking about extreme poverty, a, but but poverty in general. There needs to be a, we need to share and we need to care about everything that we do. Resources, the way that we look after people, you know, education, which is one also one of the SDGs, which was actually quite funny. I actually tried to convince you that I wanted to talk about education and you came to me and said, no, not going to happen. We've already talked about it. Move on, find something else. You know, and here was, you know, I've written down my list here of things that I was going to talk about, you know, no poverty, zero hunger, gender, health, and clean water. And at the end of it, I came out with no poverty, you know, so, you know, it's it's par for the course if I have to say anything. You know? you. But what I'm saying here is that if we look at the pandemic period, and, I you know, at least from the European perspective, that we here in Europe were not... We didn't share, we didn't care about the pro- you know, when it came to PPE and when it came to sharing the jabs and things, there was a lot of discussion um here in Germany and in neighboring countries. You know, how can what is the best way that we can look after ourselves when we weren't thinking about countries in Africa? We're not talking about countries in Latin America or in Asia where there is where there are a lot of extremely poor people and you know i don't know what the mortality rate from covid was like in in costa rica i could only say that here luckily in germany due to and let me just put this in in quotation marks relatively slow uh pro progress at the beginning we were able to curb the pandemic slowly and we were able to curb the numbers so you know from a european perspective there was a lot more that we could have done to, to at least eradicate, you know, to eradicate problems with whether it be, you know, in this case, in the healthcare, in healthcare, for example. Um, but, you know, if I think about, relatively speaking, since 2015, I believe that we have gone a good, we have gone a, a way forward towards helping the wider community out of extreme poverty, but there is always a lot more that we can do
0: yeah definitely. But this is something that um it's not mentioned. you know i'm 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 always furious about the news, but because they always present everything that is negative and all the things that are happening, but they they do not educate us. and i'm I'm not blaming the news. You know, I obviously have to educate myself with the internet, right. But yeah. why they don't educate us a little bit on what can we do, right? It's yeah, just. I mean- my yeah, opinion, more, but I think well, that this it should be more more to to do in that uh, area.
1: let me just say it's a very it's a very valid point that you make here. you know we as we as intelligent human you know we as intelligent human beings living with capabilities like internet, should educate ourselves a lot about how we can help, you know, whether that be donating to charities, whether that be actually doing um volunteer work. certain different countries but at the same time if i look at school school curriculum from a from the british perspective there was not really much to do with help it's all about what the british did you know in 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 the in the world you know colonialization and how three quarters of the globe at one point was under british influence You know, we're not talking about, we were not talking about what we did after we left these colonies, you know, that we completely stripped them of all their resources and we ended up creating, we ended up creating a very, very dependent countries, you know, whether that be, for example, Ghana, where they were dependent upon us because of the, you know, because we stripped them of a lot of the gold. You know, or whether that be in parts of the Caribbean where we stripped them of, you know, where there was a lot of state, where there were lots of slavery problems. And, you know, even today we're still talking, even today we're talking about in the UK how we can educate people about slavery, but it's come a bit too late in the day, you know, especially now because, you know, especially now after um, the Black Lives Matter and um, George Floyd's death in the United States, more and more people are talking about how we, in the UK, how British people can um, sort of become more educated about slavery, about the consequences of slavery and how we can, what we can do about it. You know, and it, for me, and you know, a lot of people are gonna probably think this as very ironic. I think it's come way too late in the day and it's important, it, but it is a start, but it should have been, it should have happened 20 years ago Maybe twenty-five years ago that we start that we, actually, or even earlier, you know, as soon as the first colonies decided for independence, that we start talking about things like the slavery, about the plantations in the you know in the Caribbean, uh, about the riches, how people became rich with slavery, and this is also part of the reason that people are living in extreme poverty is that we that a minority of people have reaped the rewards of other people's work. And that, in my opinion, is not acceptable at all.
0: I totally agree with you. Talking about what well, we were talking about, we were talking about the challenges, right? There are yeah. uh, remaining challenges. The article mentions, for example, that as, as we were uh, talking about, the, the significant progress in this reducing extreme poverty since the 90s. <laughs> but... How, you know, like, what are for you, in your opinion, what are the major challenges that need to be addressed in order for us to reduce this poverty and this hunger by 2030, as they are stating here in the article?
1: Well, you know, the first thing, first things first is how we can, how we can increase, um, how we can make sure that people living in third world countries get enough food on their plates. How they can, how you know, how they can become nourished? Because it does say here that, of course, extremely skinny children are often undernourished. However, undernourished children are not always extremely skinny. They can even look fat, you know. And that, you know, when we look at, you know, there are there are some brutal images which are shown all screened all around the world when the UN um, food agency screen puts it puts different little videos together. And tri- begging people for money begging people for donations that you see these these children who are undernourished who look fat and that's not because they are obese like you know they're not obese at all it's because of the undernourishment because of their undernourished bodies you know it breaks my heart when people you know when when we see this, and i think to myself what it, you know what, what can we do here as 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 ordinary people you know we can we can donate money of course to charities mm-hmm. like the un to 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 other you know to different charities is that enough is that really enough of, you know that we donate maybe a, a dollar every you know or 5 dollars or whatever it might be per month to a to a charity we each of us need to do something know and that has got to that has actually got to start at the top of the food chain you know has got to stop has got to start with the rich people that they pay that you know they pay a big sum of money donate it towards you know no you know towards charity you know towards uh, things which help charities nourish people and at the same time, we've also got to educate people, and this is, you know, we're teachers here, and um, we have to educate we have to educate ourselves about about poverty, and we've also got to, in our content, in in my opinion, we've also got to promote more content which is inclusive towards eradicating the idea that we are that there is only one world, there is only a one part of the world that we can look at, that we should be looking at. You know, we need to promote more content from different parts of the world. And, um, you know, that's important. And that goes towards perhaps giving it, giving learners a bit more information about what's going on out there in this podcast. In my opinion, is second to none on this, you know, talking about SDGs and how we can eradicate different, you know, different problems that we have in the world. So... It is important, as as educators, we educate our people around us. We talk to them about what this is, about what the SDGs are. You're doing this very well in this podcast, and that we talk about different. We talk about content which is inclusive towards other, you know, towards different parts of the world.
0: Yes, very interesting. I would like to add as well. uh traveling. If traveling is not your Um, You know, if you don't have the possibility to travel abroad to go out and explore what is going on, because sometimes uh, we believe that European countries are very rich, you know, uh, we Latin Americans. um, But once you go to Europe, whatever country, um, you realize that. Your, you know, your mindset was not the correct one or the, the thoughts that you had uh, were not the correct because there are people living in poverty in Europe, in other countries that are not just Latin America. And if you don't have the opportunity to travel, watching documentaries, guys, reading articles, like informing about what is going on. I know that of course, traveling is gonna be the best or the key for you to understand, to be aware of what else is going to happen uh, outside your bubble, right? But um, definitely, this is uh, one of the best things you can do, like inform of what is going on. I think that Africa, for example, is a is a continent that is very forgotten. You know, like unfortunately, mm-hmm. nobody speaks about Africa. Nobody. Uh, talks about it just it's everything is negative what we have like what we uh, what the news or what the resources that we get uh inform us or um gave us a or give us sorry it's literally negative things
1: yeah i mean i fully agree with you. you know i mean only recently there was a there was a an uprising you know there was a coup in uh in Niger in western africa and you know the only thing we ever hear, you know, we only hear about at least here in, in Europe. I don't know what it's like about in other parts of the world, but in Europe, we only hear about Africa when there's something negative. You know, when something negative, you know, when something negative happens, like an uprising in in Africa, that country goes to the forefront. You know, and that's when that's when Africa get, gets given a and gets given an airing. You know, and when we talk, you know, when something happens, something bad happens in Latin America, whether that be uh you know someone that you know people died because of the because of the different gangs or whatever drug gangs or whatever and that's just that obviously that's just a stereotype here so please don't shoot me down for this but you know when we when when people only hear about the negative aspects that's when they the mindset sort of switches to well you know in that part of the world they're all stupid you know because the only thing, like, the only thing that ever happens in in Africa is an uprising. The only thing that ever happens in Latin America is that different drug gangs kill each other. You know, it's got we we. Yes, the media has a responsibility to to um, publish what is happening in the world, but it also has responsibility to educate us in a positive way, not just always giving us negative news about about what's happening. In these different parts of the world we need to give we need to be given positive news so that we can all you know that we see a, an image of, of a part you know when we see an image of a part of the country we don't think about oh negative you know it's all negative there's no positive side to it
0: Absolutely, I know that you want to talk about education, so I will give you the opportunity by talking about the role of education in this topic. Like, how do you think education, as particularly, for example, teaching, but also learning other languages, play a role in supporting these uh, sustainable development goals in promoting also poverty reduction in different countries and different parts of the world?
1: Well, let's just start with a really basic one here, you know. And without, you know, we we take it a lot of us take it for granted that when we were at school, we were given a free pot meal every day. We were able to go to school. And we were able to put, you know, able to line up in have line up in a queue, and we were able to get that warm meal every day, even if it was food that we didn't like. And I'll put my hands up here. There were certain food that I was given on a daily basis. So yeah, like I was saying, there's the there's the element that we we take for granted that we're given a free warm meal. Now, to eradicate extreme poverty, we need to eradicate this thing that some you know what the article says: millions of people who go to bed hungry. And the best way, you know, the first way that it, we can do this is by giving these children a warm meal at school, so that when they go to school they know we're going to get some warm food inside of us we're going to be able to then concentrate and go to we're going to be able to concentrate when it goes to when we're going into um into lessons you know and that we start there that's where we should start with the education side and then comes the part where we as you quite rightly say we should be we should immerse our students in different languages so that they can see that the world is rich in different languages and that there is a world outside, quite rightly said, outside this bubble that we live in. And with this idea that, with this idea, we educate, we not only educate people, but people educate the next generations with how they can help eradicate poverty. And, you know, it is brutally important that this number of 14% comes down even further, you know, that we understand how we can make this number shrink even lower, so that we can then educate people in the next generation, or generation after that, that the best way that we can help eradicate extreme poverty is by keeping people's minds open, that this does exist, that extreme poverty exists, and we shouldn't be just doing it in one language, we should be doing it in numerous languages, and that's the beauty of it. That we don't all speak one language. You know, there are many different, many hundreds of different languages in the world. And we should use them to promote this idea of equality, this idea of eradicating extreme poverty, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yes, and it's definitely our role as educators to encourage students. For example, I don't know if I were if I was very extreme, but one of these days I was with one Polish uh, student she is 11 years old and we were talking about uh, ways to to get to school like how do you get to school and so on she's a child you know but I was very extreme Mm -hmm. and I play a video (laughs) from Bolivia uh, in how some children go to school you know and they have to go through rivers and they have to uh, climb a mountain and it it's very dangerous you know like uh, and they were so happy to get to the school and and yes it's another day in the school but then after that they have to go back to their houses and do exactly the same thing and there are a bunch of documentaries like uh, happening in Mexico in Peru in Bolivia um, in in some uh, Asian countries so the girl was like speechless totally speechless and I was like how do you get to school and she was like my mom just I go by car with my mom and yeah. and yeah and I just open her mind to understand that her bubble is not enough you know like what she does is not enough she she needs to go beyond to see what is happening how other children their age her age go to school right so it was very a, yeah, funny that is that is a very
1: valid point here that you know I know because I I saw this for myself that I went into a school in 2001 in Uganda, Africa. And you know the moment that you walk, the moment that I walked into that classroom always stay with me. you know it was like walking back into a classroom from the 1960s in the UK. Blackboard uh, tables in rows with small blackboards attached to them which you can open, which you keep all your books and your pencils and your pens inside. Not a computer to be seen anywhere. No, no electronics. And you think you know as a you know you have to remember I was around ten you know 11, 12 years old, and me walking into that classroom had me in tears. It had me in tears because I was looking around. And I was like, "Where's a computer? Where's your internet? Where's your you know where are your where are your gadgets?" And these kids were like, "We don't have anything like this." You know, I'm like, why do you, you know, and the, the question of a 12-year-old goes, why do you not have your internet? It wasn't you're happy to be in a school. It's more, why don't you have what we have? And you know, looking back now in hindsight, the question of how we can eradicate mass you know, extreme poverty starts with certain things like this: a classroom which was fit for the 21st century tools which are ready for the 21st century and mindsets which are ready for the 21st century because they're you know certain mindsets are not ready especially not here in the western world in the developed world we're not ready for the you know when it comes to extreme poverty we're not ready for it we're not ready to eradicate it we need to look outside of our bubbles look at the Twelve-year-old who walked into a Ugandan primary, into a Ugandan secondary school, and see the reaction, and see how we, how the, how we, as a developed world, can help the developing world, move forward.
0: Yes, it's, ver- it's very, hard, but definitely, um, I don't, I don't know. It's very rewarding as well to be this uh, educator who at least tries and and yeah, who at least tried to to send the, this message we we were talking about what well, you were talking about this uh, developed countries and I uh, know that in your experience li- living in different countries, how have you seen this international cooperation impact these challenges and the, the challenges that we have been speaking about getting to to reduce extreme poverty, especially in Germany, I would like us to to share how is this um, or how was the contrast also moving from one country to the other one.
1: Well, I mean, you know, Germany and the UK are pretty much on par with each other in terms of how developed they are, in terms of how rich they are, you know, in terms of the wealth of people. But you know, obviously there is, you know, obviously there's the cultural. Side which you know, cultural sort of shock that everyone get. You know, people get they move from one country to another. But in terms of the, my, in terms of trying to eradicate, you know, in terms of trying to eradicate certain problems to do with the SDGs, you know, whether it be, zero hunger, low poverty, health, gender, whatever. That certain countries do talk the talk and walk the walk. But other countries are less willing to do this, less willing to even talk about it. For whatever reason that might be, maybe that may be it, maybe because they are um, they feel uncomfortable talking about it. But we need, you know, developed countries like the UK and Germany invest money in you know, into poverty in Africa, into poverty in trying to eradicate poverty. I mean, not that we want to invest in poverty. We want to eradicate poverty. Um, But the UK, unfortunately, has decided to reduce the amount it spends per capita on eradicating poverty because it doesn't feel like that this is the right, this is the right thing to do whatever reason that might be, it's mainly to do with party politics. Um you know, and it's 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 incredibly heartbreaking that a country like the UK could do so much more to eradicate extreme poverty. For example, the the monarch could pay taxes, which would be enough to lift millions out of extreme poverty, millions out of poverty, full stop. But, you know, it's not enough being done in, it's not enough being done, and this is a shame, and yeah, this is what I'd say is probably the, the, the sort of problem which breaks up, you know, is thinking we could do so much more than people could do so much more, but it's not being not enough. is being done.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, at least um, fortunately, uh, Germany. I've I've read um, since the last uh, years, uh, Germany is doing a great effort on helping uh, migra- uh, immigrants. Right, so that's something very positive because on in one side, it is helping these people who obviously are poor, right? They are looking for better opportunities because in their countries, they do not have those opportunities. So yes, I mean, like they are doing something, but still there's a, a big gap, right?
1: Exactly. I mean, there's a lot that, you know, Germany has done a lot, a lot of good things in the last five, 10 years, you know, when it comes to, uh immigration but there's all there is also a lot more that we a lot more that can be done but that you know obviously we need to take baby steps to get there but once we're that you know once we're there there is a positive side to it you know that we are trying to help yeah.
0: exactly uh, tell me what would be your last words just to finish with this amazing episode what would you like to share with us or a message that you would like to give us in order for us as individuals communities and educators who are listening to this podcast in particular contribute to promoting this uh, sustainable development goal
1: well you know i'd like to i'd like to just go back and you know probably people think oh he's a broken record the irony of this that he's saying this but we in the developed world need to look back at that 12 year old who walked into that ugandan secondary school who walked into that classroom the reaction of that 12 year old you know and that is me that 12 year old is me and you know we need to look at that reaction we need to look at how we can create how that reaction is not just a reaction you know just a physical reaction but actually more than that you know where we say okay we're going to invest in schools we're going to put X amount of money towards building new schools in very poor parts of the world. You know, and, uh, education is a very big one, and as as educators here, we can do a lot. To, we can do a lot to eradicate mass poverty. One of the best, you know, one of the best ways is, and we talked about it continuously through this episode, is we educate ourselves first with what's happening. And we give that information to our, you know, to those who are teaching and tell them to use that in a productive way, you know, and not to just sit on it and say, yeah, okay, 14% of the world, you know, according to the article, 14% of the world live in extreme poverty. Yeah, it's a number, but we can do a lot to eradicate that number, you know, and that starts with educators like ourselves.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I just want to add that um, it is important, as we were mentioning, educating ourselves and, and understanding the fact that every single country and every single community has something to offer. Mm-hmm. It's not just like uh, seeing Africa as the one who has a lot of diseases and who are going to spread us a lot of diseases. And uh, it, there is a lot of extreme poverty there, but... um instead of that as you said like seeing the positive things and understanding that there's something to offer in every single place and in every single person
1: yeah exactly and you know we need to look at ourselves first and then we then project a positive image on others not always expect others to do first and then we do it you know that 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 sounds quite um sounds stupid but you know we as educators need to look at ourselves first and then how we can then project positive image out onto our learners to then say hey guys let's go and use that positive image let's go and do something do a bit more you know read up a bit more volunteer a bit more if you if you have the time travel a bit more so that you can see what you know what's really outside of what's really outside of that comfort zone of yours and with this it's important that uh, it's important that we do that in a positive image and in a sustainable way and you know a sustainable way may be that we just say okay we're not going to travel to those countries if we can't make it there but we will then therefore invest money into in charities we'll invest money into programs which we know are sustainable which go towards helping extreme poverty
0: exactly thank you tommy it was a real pleasure to have you here in in my podcast i really appreciate your time your words it was very interesting and definitely i hope to see you soon in a future project and thank you thank you guys for being here as well uh, the ones who are listening to us and see you in another episode bye bye Goodbye. bye